If we haven't met yet, my name is Brian, pastor here, and we're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that those of you who are able to be with us via technology are here this morning. Um, I want to start out by by talking about something that Jesus thought was just crazy, okay? So in order to do that, I I need, need this. So when Jesus was a little boy in Nazareth, he would go to the market with his mother and they would get their food every day. Uh, this is normal in ancient Middle Eastern culture. Uh, this is why when Jesus prayed and or when Jesus gave us the directions about how to pray, he said, you know, you pray for your daily bread. Um, and so he would go to the market every single day and no doubt he noticed that at the market there were two kinds of vendors. One kind of vendor was the vendor that was stingy. The, the vendor that if you asked for all almonds, you would, um, the vendor would, the measure that the vendor would give you would not be very good. This is a bad measure. Because what the vendor would do is that the vendor would make sure that literally there's not you don't you don't get one extra almond out of this it's a stingy vendor right uh, vendor right and uh, so jesus noticed there are some vendors that give you a bad measure they only give you like oh, literally exactly what you pay for and then jesus also noticed that there was another kind of vendor, and this was the kind of vendor that everybody loved going to because this vendor understood repeat business. This vendor understood the value of giving good measure. Right? And what, what, this, what Jesus said is that when it comes to God and God's character, God is a good God, and God always gives good measure. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over into your lap, will be poured. Because with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I'm sorry for the people who had to clean this up for service. <laughs> there are literally nuts everywhere. Um, now here's what's crazy. This is, this is why I wanted to share this. Is that um, Dave Ramsey has noticed that 53% of Christians have not given to their church in the last month. And I bring this up not to make you feel guilty, but just simply to say that God is a God of good measure. He wants to pour it in your lap, man. Like, open your shirt up, man. I just, when you give to me, I just want to pour the blessings on you. Not that God is in the business of, oh, we give to God in order for us to be rich because the blessings, sometimes they're financial, but most of the time they're not. And so God just wants us to be in a position where he's first in our lives and our giving shows that to them. Now, what I want to do is just very quickly, I want to talk about what this means. 
And I want you to give me the benefit of the doubt. I want you to first understand that tithing is God's plan. I want you to give me the benefit of the doubt that, that like giving is not some manipulative scheme that the church came up with to pay its bills. Hopefully, you know, I'm capable of going out and getting a job. Um, I, it, like, so, so what tithing is, is all of Jesus' disciples pulling their resources together, first and foremost, because it honors God. It shows God that he has first place in our lives. Second, what it does is it allows us to pull our resources together to reach people that are far from God, to make more disciples, both here and abroad, our missionaries all around the world, but then also to make better disciples, to take those resources to be able to create programs and ministries to deepen our faith. But there's a third aspect to our giving, and that is that God wants to bless you. God wants to bless me. Um, to bless me. Like, how many of us know what it's like to be super excited um, to give somebody a gift for their birthday or for Christmas? My youngest daughter, uh, she'll get me something. And then she's like, can I give it to you right now? I want to give it to you right now. And there's just something about that we just love that just this exuberance about giving good gifts. And what the Bible tells us is that's what God is like. Um, And so uh, one of the verses in the Bible, there are many verses in the Bible that talk about it, but one of the verses in the Bible is Malachi, where it says, um, will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? How do you rob me? Uh, in tithes and offerings. Tithe is the first 10% where we give back to God what we've earned in offerings. Tithe just simply goes to the church. Offerings are, are gifts that are above the tithe that let's say you wanted to give us to a special offering or you wanted to support a child in Africa or in Haiti or whatever it is. Um, this is God's plan and approach to make this happen. And then what the Bible tells us is just like this, that God tells us, just test me in this. Like I, he's like, I totally get it. I, I understand why it's hard, but just test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Let me just give you a personal example of this. So uh, there have been times where Lisa and I haven't tithed. And... It, looking back, it didn't go great during that situation. We were like, I don't, we don't have enough money. We can't do that. Um, but there were, obviously, uh, we've learned the, the value of consistently doing that and being generous in that way. And, um, you know, as a pastor, and when Lisa was a teacher, you just, you're, you're not, no one's getting rich around here, you know? You know so the, the plan financially with the rule of thumb, particularly when I talk to pastors, that, you know, what you do is you take care of your retirement first. That's the very first thing that you do. You make sure you give to your retirement. And when it comes time to uh, when your children are going to need to go to college, then hopefully you'll get an extra raise or a side hustle or whatever. And so we had enough for about half of our first daughter, our oldest daughter, when she went to school. Um, 
saved up, but saving adequately for retirement, but when it came to college, there's just honestly just not a lot of money and not a lot of money in pastoring and being a teacher. And so we were like, God, how's this going to work? Like, we want her to go to college, but man, how is this going to work? And um, she got a soccer scholarship, my oldest daughter did, and she got an academic scholarship, and Lisa went from being a teacher to a principal, and that covered that. When our second daughter went to college, two years later, some of you know this, the joy of having more than one child in college is, can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? That is awesome. It is awesome. And so we're like, how are we going to do that? There's no way we're going to be able to do that. And uh, we were like, pray, like, God, what are you going to do? Like, we're looking at the numbers and between academic scholarships and Lisa going from an assistant principal to a principal of her own building. We looked at the paper, and I kid you not, no exaggeration, asked Lisa about this. To the dollar, between the scholarships and what Lisa was going to make, to the dollar, God provided for that. Then our youngest, ever since she was three, has always said she wanted to go to Pepperdine University one of the top 50 schools in the country uh, tuition room and board Pepperdine is over this year $74,000 and um, she started watching when she was a kid a, a TV show called Zoe 101 and since she was in third grade she was like I want to go there we didn't know at the time that Pepperdine is a great Christian university where pe- devout Bible believing Christians are there and They have 13,000 people apply every single year. They only take 800. She went, she interviewed. She just knocked herself out on this interview process. And when the the day came uh, for her to hear whether she was getting in or not, Lisa and I were eating at Outback and we were sweating it. We were like, what do we tell her? You know, if it just breaks her heart, she doesn't get in. She's been wanting to do this. I'm telling you, friends of ours tell us all the time that they would be on the sidelines of soccer games when she was in the third grade, and, they, and she would tell them, I'm going to Pepperdine. And um, so we're out back. She comes and she sits down, smiling ear to ear, and yells, I got in, I got in. And so we're celebrating with her, and in the same breath, we were like, God, we can't afford this place. There's no way, God, what are you doing here? Why would you let her get in when, when it, all, it's gonna, all we're going to do is just turn around and break her heart? And so uh, she applied and got the, the best academic scholarship she could get. And um, I'll just be perfectly honest, we were about $14,000 short. And so I just emailed the school and I told her about my daughter and her heart and wanting to help people. And they gave her that additional scholarship. And so she was able to go to school for this the exact same amount of money, minus five, so $5 less than what it would cost at the time to send a kid to Penn State, Maine. So in other words, we gave... this to God 
And God turned around and started doing this. Like, it makes no sense, but that's what happened. And so, you know, it's not like we have like this bunch of money or something like that, but just God came through. And God will come through for you, whatever that particular thing is that you need. Now, so the, the other thing that is important about tithing is that tithing shows God that we're all in. Tithing is not just about getting money back. Tithing is about telling God through our wallet, you're, most, you're the most important thing in my life. For instance, um, uh, Exodus chapter 20, the first commandment, right? I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You know, in 2000 BC, that meant literally not having another statue. But Jesus understood that by the time the first century rolled around, it wasn't so much worshiping the statue, it was worshiping cash. And so he said, you shall, serve no, you shall not be the slave of two masters. Either you're going to hate the one and love the other, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And so what tithing does is that it communicates to God that you're first. I trust you, you're in control, this is your money, I, you're first. But then again, what tithing does is it helps us to be better off living on 90%. I have a question. And this is important for those of you who are skeptics. I want you to think of two versions of your life. One version of your life, you live on 100% of everything that you make. Everything that you make goes right back to you. So you live your life from the time you're 18 until the time you die. I want you to compare that to another version of your life where 10% of everything that you make from the time you're 18 till the time that you die, you turn around and you give that to God as a sign of worship. You pull those resources with other disciples. At the end of your life, and you're looking at these two versions, which life will be more blessed? What the Bible says, this life easily will be more blessed. You will be better off living on 90% than 100%. So what happens? How do you make up the difference? Well, God gives you raises sometimes. God sustains your health so you can work. Gives you ideas for side hustles. Causes you to lose a job. So you get off your rear and pursue that job that you were designed for? Curbing spending impulses, helping couples work together. I mean, the list is endless. The simple fact is you cannot outgive God. We were in a leadership team recently with our leadership team. A lot of people think I run the church, which is not true. I'm just simply one of a group of people who are leaders on our leadership team. Uh, when they tell me to jump, while I'm in the air, I say, how high? Everyone is submissive to someone, and I am submissive to our leadership team and in their wisdom. At our last leadership team meeting, one of our leadership team members, Perry Corda, 
shared this story. And I was like, man, I need to get a video of that and share that with people. Because I think this would be incredibly encouraging to you. Listen to what Perry said. ACCB, I'm Perry Corda, and my wife Kelly is behind the camera. And this is Jersey. I was asked to talk a little bit about our experience with tithing. Uh, we've been at CCV going on 20 years, 19, 20 years. Uh, came here around 2001. Um, we had moved back from Florida. We were looking for a church. My wife took our kids to a kids camp one summer, and uh, she loved it. She told me all about it. We jumped in, got into a small group, the Hammerton small group, plug for them guys, longest running small group. Um, and uh, we started going on a weekly basis, Bible study and everything. It was around the tithing series. Um, I was actually unemployed. And uh, I, I, my background is engineering. I'm a logical thinker, realistic and uh, budget oriented. And uh, when we got into tithing, it was talking about this 10%. Grew up in Catholic church, so I didn't know what tithing was. We just made payments. Um, and uh, so naturally when it came around and they start talking about, you know, tithing and giving to the Lord and he'll take care of everything. I was a little skeptical because we were on a budget. Uh, I was unemployed, um, but uh, we decided to give it a go. And uh, I did my budget sheets. I did my, my Excel sheets and I honestly went in and just went with faith because I was looking at the numbers and it was just no way it was going to work. And I have to tell you, it's only by him because it worked. I, I can't explain it other, any other way but by God because, uh, like I said, we were unemployed. We start tithing on our unemployment and uh, it, it, miracles happen. Things happen. Bills got paid. We made it. I got a job and continued tithing, and I've been tithing ever since. Um, so all you skeptics out there, all you people with your spreadsheets and budgets, um, I'm one of you. It works. God bless. I love that. I love him. A lot of people ask, how do you get money for the church? Do you do fundraisers? A lot of people will offer to do fundraisers, and we say we don't do that. All we do is once a year, we ask people to commit to tithe. And we're going to do that now. But again, those of you who are skeptical, what I'm going to ask you to do doesn't commit you to do anything. What I want you to do is I want you to pull your phone out, okay? And if you look up on the screen... There are two options for you just to look at it, okay? So one is, if you can bring this slide up here, on the left-hand side, you're going to see the app, okay? If you have the app already on the phone, what I want you to do is I want you to go to the app and I want you to click that button that says Tithing Challenge. If you don't have the app, I want you to text CCVPA to the number 94003. When you do that, what you're going to see is you're going to see, because I have it pulled up right here, you're going to see 
two things that you can click. One is you're going to take the 90-day tithing challenge. The other button is you don't need to take the 90-day tithing challenge. So all you want to do is affirm that you already tithe. So we would like everybody to do this. Um, the 90-day tithing challenge is simply this. Our leadership team, and let me just pause and say, I'm not going to see this. This is between you and God. Um, I don't handle our money. I don't touch the money. A lot of you have tried to hand me a check, and you, 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 what do you see me do? Nope, I don't do this. this I have, there's a whole team that does this. I have nothing to do with this. So the 90-day tithing challenge comes from our leadership team through our finance team to you that our church believes so much in tithing that we want to take the fear out of it. And so what we're going to ask you to do is commit starting today with this form that you're going to tithe for the next 90 days. And at the end of 90 days, if you feel that God has not kept his word and blessed you, that you will be entitled for a full refund of everything that you gave during that 90 days. So it's, it's risk-free. It truly is risk-free. And so in order to participate in that, however, you have to sign that. And then there's the, the fine print that you can only request money back from that you gave during the 90 days. It has to be documented. You can't say you know that 15 mil that I gave? I want to get that back. You, know, you can't say stuff like that. Um, but everything that was given in the 90 days, at the end of that, if you write a letter and say, hey, listen, I'd like that back to our executive pastor, Kevin. Uh, no questions asked. We'll give it back. Uh, in the 10 years we've been doing this, we've had a couple people that were in dire circumstances ask for their money back. Understand. Hey, okay, here it is. And so we're going to do that now, okay? So I'm just going to give you a moment to, to fill out this form. And then we'll pray over our commitments that we're making right now. faithfulness and giving to him to measure back to us good measure we want to pray for people who are just finding it very difficult right now in, in this season to do anything extra let alone give we want to pray that God gives them good measure undoubtedly there are going to be Christians who have been Christians for a long time and this is the time where they're like you know I'm going to do this there are Christians who were like, if I do this, I really need you to come through. We're going to pray that God gives them good measure. And 
more importantly, we're going to ask that God takes the resources that are given, that we pull together, so that every single penny of it is used to impact people for eternity. Because who would we be as disciples if the only reason we give is to get something back? We want to give because of what it's going to do for eternity. So let's just pray right now. Let's bow our heads. Our God, whether we are part of our family that's participating and watching this live online, or those of us who are here in person at our Royersford campus, we want to take you at your word. And we want you to ask to give us good measure when we do this. It's just a frightful time right now, a divided time right now. And to know that you are the one constant in our lives amongst all of this change is incredibly encouraging. I pray that regardless of the circumstances, that God, you would just reach out and ask people to lift their shirt out so you can just dump it in their laps. May the blessings, the relational blessings, the emotional blessings, and yes, the financial blessings, God, we pray that you would pour them out in abundance through your son, Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Brian Jones Sermons. For more information and to find similar articles on this topic and more, please go to Brian's website at brianjones.com.